This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, January 29th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Economists use multipliers to estimate the impact of various policies on economies. In the debate over public work spending versus tax cuts, the multiplier idea may be one that is ill-understood and abused. Cato Institute adjunct scholar Arnold Kling comments. Let me talk about the concept of a multiplier effect, because the intuition of that makes sense, although it, it, it gets deceptive. A multiplier effect simply means that if, if I give you a job and I pay you and you were previously unemployed, well, now you have money to spend, and then you spend that money, and that maybe increases uh, demand somewhere else, and someone else gets a job, and so on. And so the economic activity multiplies on itself. That's, that's the ordinary intuition. And in a, an economy that's in a recession or a deep depression, that intuition makes a lot of sense. But realize that there has to be a limit to that, uh, we can't, you know, you you can't go beyond full employment. So we know that that process is not unlimited. And so often in policy discussions, they'll talk about the multiplier. For example, Christina Romer and Jared Bernstein said, we assume that the multiplier is 1.57 for government spending. And immediately you know that's wrong because... It, it can't be a constant because if the government spent $100 trillion, that wouldn't create, an, all of a sudden create an economy of $157 trillion. I mean, it'd be wonderful if it did, but we know that it can't. In fact, if the government were to spend $100 trillion, uh, given that you know, our GDP is one-fifth of that, uh, that would be a Zimbabwe strategy. It would be hyperinflation. It would reduce our output. In fact, it would drive us uh, into the ground. So um, I think the most misleading thing to do is to talk about the multiplier as if it were a constant number. Uh, it is correct in an in an economy with unemployed resources to suggest that there are multiplier effects. But it's very hard to pin down and quantify them, and it depends a lot on the time frame. Another way to think about a multiplier is in the old-fashioned macro models that uh, we used to run back when I was at the Federal Reserve. In fact, they still have these sorts of models. And what you would do is you would uh, generate a model forecast, which you'd call the baseline forecast, then you would generate an alternative forecast with higher levels of government spending, and then you would project how much higher GDP would be. And that would vary by period. It might, uh, you might see a maximum effect, let's say, two years after the change. Um, and it would but it would also vary very by the state of the business cycle, because if you start that process at full employment, you obviously are going to get nothing. The government is just going to be stealing money from the private sector. If you start it with a lot of unemployed resources, then you're more likely to get something. The assumption being that a stimulus is only effective when it moves resources from a less productive state to a more productive state. Yeah, the, the the implicit assumption is that it moves them from an unemployed state to a productive state. But uh, in practice, that actually is not so easy to engineer in a complex economy. Like, let's say today, where are the unemployed resources? Well, 
my daughter has a friend who uh, was laid off by one of the big financial firms and is uh, off gallivanting in a foreign country using his severance pay. Well, how are we going to put him back to work? Are we going to you know, put him on a bulldozer and uh, let him build a road? I, I, somehow I don't think that's, that's what he has in mind. Uh, so it, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's not just this mathematical exercise that the multiplier makes it sound. And in the end, it's not as obvious that government is any better suited toward to bringing unemployed resources to work than the private sector. And that's a point that uh, Robert Barrow is making in his op-ed today, is that we, we really have not demonstrated that government is any better at it. And uh, instead, what, it, you know, for example, some of the government spending may be used to you know, sort of on people who are already employed. Um, you know, the Washington, D.C. area has some of the richest counties in the country, and they're just going to get richer. Uh, that doesn't necessarily you know, improve the economy as a whole. And then a lot of the people who are unemployed are going to remain unemployed because they have to align their skills to something that needs doing in the economy, and that's just going to take time. And the government is not necessarily any better than the private sector at aligning the jobs that it creates with the skills that, that need employment. The real politic is the government has to appear as if it is doing something. And that means the government is going to do something uh, in order to actually get the economy moving. What should the government be doing to 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 get to have okay. that appearance and to actually stimulate well, the economy? For the re the best reality, um, my co-blogger Brian Kaplan proposed cutting the employer contribution to the payroll tax, and I want to explain why that's a great idea uh, momentarily. Um, one of the problems with using government spending to kick the economy is it takes a while to kick in. I mean, people talk about shovel-ready projects, but what they mean by a shovel-ready project is something that will start a year from now. And um, so, that, so just the timing makes it difficult for government spending to kick in. Uh, but a tax cut you can implement tomorrow. I think the key to recovery, what a recovery will look like, will be a profit recovery. You know, as much as people in, you know, sort of our, our Marxist conditioning leads us to berate profits, uh, if ever we needed profits in the economy, it's right now. Uh, from third quarter of 07 to third quarter of 08, wages and salaries rose 3%. Profits fell 9%. Profits are, are the most cyclical part of the economy. The capitalist system runs on profits. We can't have profits continue to fall and have a recovery. So we need more profits. Another reason we need more profits is that we're not running an economy on credit anymore. I mean, that's just a, a fact. You can, tr you, you can try to promote lending and beg banks to lend, but we are in the process of deleveraging. And if business circuits are going to expand, it's not going to be by borrowing. It's going to be by expanding using profits. And so we need a profit-driven recovery. And that's where things like cutting the employer contribution to the payroll tax would be perfect. Ordinarily, if you in a full employment economy, if you cut the employer contribution to the payroll tax, uh, in order to compete for workers, 
firms will just raise wages to compensate so that there wouldn't be uh, much net effect. In fact, the benefit would all go to workers. But in today's economy with, um, with unemployment, the cut in pay, the employer contribution to the payroll tax would actually flow through into profits. It would also increase labor demand because it would make uh, labor cheaper to hire, so that would be helpful. Uh, but most importantly, it would increase corporate profits, and that would lead to more investment. And, and it would use the decentralized pro pro process of the market to figure out where skills are needed and where the next growth opportunities are rather than having Washington say, well, the next growth opportunity is to build school classrooms or roads and bridges or green projects. Let the market decide where the resources are used most productively. What is being called a stimulus program, honestly, is just a disguised way of transferring a huge amount of power from the private sector to government technocrats. And whether that has any positive effect in the short run is controversial. That's what the arguments over the multiplier are. But the long run effect has to be deleterious. We can't we already have way too much power in Washington. Adding more power to the same people is only going to lead to worse decisions and a worse allocation of resources. Arnold Kling is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. He blogs at EconLog. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.